Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit saymythyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, how can I balance my TSH? So TSH is thyroid stimulating hormone. And for those who have hypothyroidism, low thyroid hormone levels, including Hashimoto's. Now, Hashimoto's people don't always have low thyroid hormone levels, but when someone has overt hypothyroidism or subclinical hypothyroidism, typically they'll have an elevated TSH, whereas when someone has hyperthyroidism, elevated thyroid hormones, typically they'll have a lower TSH. And that's because TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, is a pituitary hormone that communicates with the thyroid gland. So if someone has lower levels of thyroid hormone, TSH will communicate with the thyroid gland and it will tell it to produce more thyroid hormone. That's why you'll have more TSH when you have lower thyroid hormone, whereas when someone has too much thyroid hormone in the bloodstream, thyroid stimulating hormone pituitary will use TSH to communicate with the thyroid gland and tell it to slow down, to stop that production of thyroid hormone. So actually there will be less TSH. It'll stop spitting out TSH essentially. So again, low TSH with hyperthyroidism, high TSH with hypothyroidism. And then when it comes to the reference range, there's a reference range and then there's the optimal ranges. So when it comes to Quest and LabCorp, those are two of the most common labs in the United States. So Quest, they have a reference range of 0.4 to 4.5. LabCorp pretty close, 0.45 to 4.5. So again, those are the lab reference ranges. And you need to keep in mind that these are averages. So that's where these labs come up with. It's the average population, but it doesn't mean it's a healthy population. Again, average, as you know, doesn't mean healthy. So what is optimal? And that really does depend on the practitioner. Like different practitioners will have different opinions as to what is optimal. So I like to see TSH usually between 1 and 1.5, but some people might be perfectly healthy with TSH is a little bit higher. So we could say maybe even 1 to 2 is fine. And, and then there are some practitioners who may agree that the lab reference range isn't what you want ideally, but some might say one to three is a good reference range. So if someone has a TSH of 2.5, again, to me, that's a little bit too high, but some doctors would say, okay, that's not too bad. And arguably it's better than having a TSH of four, which would still be within the lab range. So just keep that in mind. And then you don't want TSH to be too low. So if someone has hyperthyroidism, you're going to see it low, many times depressed. If someone has let's say a TSH of 0.7 and everything else looks good. If everything else looks good and has looked good for quite some time, I might not be too concerned about TSH being 0.7. If someone's TSH was 0.1 and everything looked good, then that's considered to be subclinical hyperthyroidism. So that is more of a concern. And so I wouldn't want to see TSH that low, even if everything is fine. So let's talk about balancing TSH because that was the question. How can I balance my TSH? So some people will take medication to balance the TSH. Arguably, that's what most people do. Most people with hypothyroidism, including Hashimoto's, will take 
thyroid hormone replacement to try to balance the TSH. And that can be very successful. If someone has an elevated TSH and they take thyroid hormone replacement, it could decrease the TSH, which is great. Not doing anything for the cause of the problem, but we'll get to that. And then with hyperthyroidism, taking medications such as antithyroid medication, methimazole, sometimes PTU, that lowers thyroid hormone levels and that could increase TSH. Although it's worth mentioning that it could take quite a while for TSH to increase in hyperthyroidism. If someone's taking a massive dose of antithyroid medication, it might happen quickly, but some people it takes a while. And then for those who are using natural agents to balance the TSH, it could take quite a while, especially again with hyperthyroidism. With hypothyroidism Hashimoto's, I mean, there are natural glandulars, there are herbs that could stimulate the HPT axis, the hypothalamic pituitary thyroid axis, ashwagandha, for example. But typically, herbs, it's not the same as with hyperthyroidism. Like hyperthyroidism, there are antithyroid herbs with bugleweed being the most popular. And so that could lower thyroid hormone levels. And again, over time, TSH will increase, but it could take many months for that to happen. And so when I dealt with Graves, I took bugleweed, L-carnitine in higher amounts, higher doses. The research shows between two and 4,000 milligrams or two to four grams per day of L-carnitine has antithyroid properties. But of course, you want to try to address the cost of the high or low TSH. And most people with hyperthyroidism have Graves' disease. Most people with hypothyroidism have Hashimoto's. There are obviously are exceptions. And even with the exceptions, if it's non-autoimmune, you want to still address the cause of the problem. But if it's autoimmune, it's more of an immune system condition. So there still is a time and place for antithyroid medication or natural antithyroid agents such as bugleweed or higher doses of L-carnitine. And with hypothyroidism, there is a place for taking thyroid hormone replacement, whether it's levothyroxine or desiccated thyroid hormone. So even when trying to address the cause of the problem, sometimes you need to take thyroid hormone replacement or antithyroid medication. And in some cases, both. There's block and replace therapy for some cases of hyperthyroidism. Not too common, but that's when someone is actually taking thyroid hormone and antithyroid medication. And that could also help balance the TSH. That being said, we, of course, don't want to just test the TSH. So even though the focus of this episode has been on thyroid-stimulating hormone, we want to look at the thyroid hormones usually the free T3, free T4, so the free form of the hormones. I also like to look at thyroid antibodies. There's three main types of episodes, talk about the different types with Graves, thyroid-stimulating immunoglobulins, or TSI. Then we have, um, for Hashimoto's, antithyroid globulin antibody. And then there's also thyroid peroxidase, or TPO antibodies. And there's a time and place for testing reverse T3 as well. So you definitely don't want to just test for the TSH. But I do look at the TSH. I think most practitioners do. Out of everything I just mentioned, that especially the thyroid hormones and antibodies, arguably TSH is the least important of those. But still, we want to see TSH within a healthy range, within an optimal range. And also just keep in mind, TSH fluctuations do happen when testing the blood. So I wouldn't be too concerned with mild fluctuations. So like if someone has a TSH of 1.1, and then for whatever reason, they test a few days later, and it's 1.4. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're becoming more hypo because the TSH is increasing. Again, some fluctuations are normal with that. 
And that is really all I want to discuss with regards to TSH. Like I said, you want to make sure you always address the cause of the problem. So yes, you might need to take thyroid hormone replacement or medication, depending on what condition you have, but you still want to address the cause of the problem because if you don't, then you're relying on the thyroid hormone replacement or the antithyroid medication. And as soon as you stop those, the TSH will either increase if you're taking thyroid hormone replacement and you stop, or if you're taking antithyroid medication and stop, TSH will most likely decrease if you're not doing anything to address the cause of the problem. So again, that is my answer to the question, how can I balance my TSH? As usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.